You know, I was thinking about that old hymn as we were singing it, and it uh, just really reminds me of a kid growing up. I don't know about you, if you remember those times with your grandparents and perhaps the influence they had in your life, and I uh, have been thinking this last week about grandparenting. And the message that's for today, we're talking about my weird family, right? And uh, today, we're teaching on Grandparenting 101. Now, some of you are here today, and you're going, well, I'm not a grandparent. Well, someday you may, or you may have a grandparent. You're on one end of the spectrum or others. I uh, asked folks this week through social media if you could give me images of your grandparent that you remember the most. So I'm trying to be progressive And so while I'm talking this morning, you're going to see a lot of images, right? And then I've also got some quotes because I asked, do you remember favorite quotes from your grandparents? So I want to tell you a favorite quote from my grandpa Gravel. I was a small boy, um, and he worked at a place called Friday Mountain Ranch. They did and taught horsemanship for kids. And one particular day, we were there trying to move the horses, and I don't know how I got in a spot, but I was in a spot where it was a wet, muddy day, and a horse was standing on my foot. And I couldn't move, and I didn't know what to do, and I finally said, Grandpa, I can't move because the horse is standing on my foot. And I remember my grandfather as vividly now as I did that day it happened. He came over to me, and he said, Son, just because someone's bigger than you doesn't mean that they can stand on you just tell him to move. And as a little bitty boy, I looked at that horse and I said, move. And do you know what that horse did? It moved. (laughs) But you know, I think about that. And then uh, my grandpa, Apple, that was my mom's dad. And uh, I loved his name, Apple. They lived in San Antonio and a couple of vivid memories with them as we would sit outside or we had run outside when we would hear the ice cream truck coming by, you know? And, and by the way, we used to be able to hear the ice cream truck coming by because they only had one window unit. And Grandma never turned on the window unit till about 5 o'clock. My grandfather was a, a welder. He worked hard in the sweat and the hot. And when he came home, they had that, I guess they had two window units, one in the living room and one in their bedroom. But I remember that ice cream truck. I also remember my Grandpa Apple never said a lot, but he was always there. I don't know how he made it to the peewee football games or the junior high football games or how he made it to my sister's band contest, but, but he was always there. My grandpa used to like to make ice cream as well, too. And I know that most of you younger kids didn't know that you could actually make ice cream, <laughs> but I remember that's what grandkids were created for. One was to sit on the ice cream churn and then other ones turn it, and you just rotate it through the grandkids until they're all wore out, right? Pretty smart grandparent move, isn't it? My uh, grandpa Apple, though, he had this love for Fredericksburg peaches, you know, at the right time of the year. And my wife the other day, uh, and I would have brought some and shared it with you, but I don't care that much about you as I do myself. (laughs) But my wife purchased some Bluebell, and I guess it's seasonal now, that has peaches in it. And uh, have you had that yet? And uh, it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? And uh, I have to tell you, when I smelled that smell the other day, it's funny how you do smells with images, right? 
I could see my grandpa is, is alive and vivid today, and uh, both of them have passed on. Well, you're here today, and maybe you're a guest today, and I have good news for you and bad news for you. If you're here today and you're a guest, my name's not Pastor Charlie. My name's Bill Gravel. I'm one of the elders here at River Rock, and I am filling in today for a pastor on this topic uh, because, candidly, I'm a much better subject matter expert on grandparenting than he is. Now, he's an amazing parent, and they have four kids or 11. I get the number confused. <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and that's the good news is I'm filling in, or the bad news is I'm filling in. The good news is Pastor Charlie will be back next week. For those of you that are guests, we're certainly glad that you're here today. But I also believe that God doesn't do anything by accident. Wouldn't you agree? And perhaps you're here for a reason. Now, whether you're on the grandkid receiving side or on the grandparent side or even maybe the great-grandparent side, I think today's a day where you can grasp something uh, that, that, that God has for you. So it's not a typical Sunday with three message or three points and a poem. Are, are three points that are really well articulated. I just wrote down seven truths about how to be a good grandparent. And some of them are don'ts, too. Now, for those of you that are here that have kids, there could be some lessons that you could learn from these truths for grandparents. If it's something a grandparent should do, then it might be something you shouldn't do, right? Or the converse of that. But I want to read to you a few of the quotes uh, that I received this week from uh, folks in our church and in our community, when I asked, the grand, I asked them if they could give me a really good quote from their grandparent, one person, and we didn't put names with them, we just uh, wrote them down, uh, one person said, uh, my very short grandmother used to say she was wearing off the, the uh, bottom and she was shrinking from the top. A grandpa used to tell his grandkid, hey, it'd feel better when it stops hurting. Isn't that a good grandparent quote? (laughs) Another one said, uh, and this is Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6, and for some of you that are in my category, this verse may be offensive, but this verse was written by God. And if you're offended, please be offended with God and not with me, because you're about to discover that you're old. (laughs) Children's children are the crown of old men and old women. So that just means simply, if you have a grandchild, according to God's word, you are good looking. I'm just saying, right? Seasoned. Well seasoned. (laughs) My grandfather used to quote this all the time, but the first part of that verse he often said in the earshot of his grandkids, isn't that such a blessing? Can you think if somebody could remember that from their grandfather? He must have said it often and frequent enough in such a way that impressed them. Another grandparent used to say to the grandkids, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Another grandpa used to say to the grandkids, and this is one of my favorite ones, suck it up, buttercup. (laughs) In fact, I think I've said that to my grandkids now that I think of it. Did my daughter put this in there? Um, Another grandparent said, if you perform an act of kindness, and you should, Expecting a thank you, you did it all for the wrong reason. You get what you get, so don't throw a fit. You like that one? Right? Bitter or better, you choose this morning which path you desire to go. Some good quotes here, right? 
People tell you all you need to know um, if you're just listening. Facial expressions, body language, tone, and, and loudness indeed. But just listen. And another grandparent always told their grandkid, Rem- remember to say your prayers. One of my favorite quotes from my, my dad when uh, we were bringing our grandkids home for Christmas, my dad would always say that the best lights at Christmas or the taillights of the car as they're leaving the driveway. <laughs> That's a good quote, isn't it? That's good. And my dad's here today and uh, gets to hear me say that publicly. So he's going to tell mama, that boy, listen to me, right? Well, I uh, found some others online that I really liked. Uh, and these were quotes about what grandparents are. And I like some of these. Most of these are author unknown. It says, a grandmother... Grandmas are just mamas with lots of frosting. Isn't that right? Don't answer out loud, but I, I, think, I think that grandmas were good moms, but I think they're made better as grandmas because they've been through that before. I do. Oh, this is a good one, Jeff. This applies to you and I. Our wives would say this about us. Grandfathers are just unique little boys. Oh, antique little boys. See how I changed that to the way I wanted? Did he put it up? Did you put it up on the screen while I said that? Wow, that hurts. Tried, Jeff. I tried to twist it in our favor. All right. Grandmas never run out of hugs and cookies. Oh, this is a good one here. Uh, Gene Predit said this. It said, an hour with your grandkids can make you feel young again. Anything longer than that, and you start to age quickly. Right? Amen for that one? Yeah. Grandmother is a wonderful woman with just lots of practice. Now, I like this last quote. It comes from uh, Roxanne Robbins' book on uh, an eye uh, on my heart. And this is what she says about being grandparenting, what what being a grandparent is like. She said, it's kind of like being told that you no longer have to eat your vegetables. You only get to eat the dessert. And really, only the icing, right? Isn't being a grandparent really like you just get to eat the icing, right? You know, today we're going to talk about seven truths that are uh, in God's Word. And these seven truths, we have some verses to go along with them, but it's about what we should do as a grandparent or perhaps shouldn't do as a grandparent. Um, But I just want to be clear with you. I, I'm like many of you, I have a lot of titles. I'm called husband. And my wife, my bride, my love for the last uh, 33 years, we've known each other 35 years, she calls me husband. Then my children that are adults, they call me dad or pops. Or my son yesterday called me old man. And I said, punk, say that to my face. <laughs> in Jesus' name. I said it in a loving way. Right? And you know what? This next weekend I'm going to see him and he's going to say it to my face, right? So, so I'm, I'm a husband and I'm a dad, right? I'm also a leader in my church. Um, I'm a Christian and I'm not ashamed of my faith or embarrassed by my faith. In our community I serve, I'm a judge. That's what I do in our community. Most people know me by judge or call me by judge because they've been before me or... I've seen you at jail again. 
Dirt, I didn't know that was your real name. We call you other names at the courthouse. (laughs) But the one name that I'm called that you don't often hear, and I think perhaps it's my most important name, my name is Pawpaw. You see, Jill and I have five grandkids, and it's tough. And I'm going to complain a little, but you'll understand my heart. If you want to know how tough being a grandparent is, of a uh, newborn to about a five-year-old, you let all the girls get together on Black Friday and go shopping, and they leave all the grandkids with you. And then you have one son that does nothing but sleep and one son-in-law who goes to watch a football game, and suddenly you're left with the masses. (laughs) And I want you to know that I love being a grandparent, but being a grandparent, parenting is a combat sport. And let me just say this, and I don't want to offend anyone, but parenting is a combat sport for the young. Amen? When you get on your knees and you creak getting off of your knees, that's when you should stop having kids. About 10 years before that. Right? All right. So, seven truths that we want to talk about. All right. Truth number one. And we do have scriptures to go with these. Truth number one is grandparents, seal your lips. Truth number one, seal your lips. Now, some of you young kids, I know that you're going to be sending a link to your mom and dad from today's message. And you're going to say, hey, this old judge at church talked about how to be a good grandparent. And I don't know that it really applies to you, but I think there's some cool and important things that are in there. And I know that you're going to use me to try to manipulate your parents to do what you want them to do, right? And I appreciate that. And the reason I'm saying this is for anyone who receives this audio recording in a linked file later, I want you to know that there is a family member or loved one who is trying to use me to manipulate you, (laughs) and I want to make sure that that's clear from the beginning. Grandparents, rule number one is seal your lips. I love this. Even if you've written 13 bestsellers on parenting, you need to know this, that your kids really do not want to know your advice about raising kids. And I want to caution you in this. And even when your kids do ask you your advice about raising kids, they may not necessarily want to hear what you have to say. One of the rules that uh, we have uh, in the workplace is when someone asks a question I wonder, is it a rhetorical question? And I often get these in court. Well, Judge, what is your opinion about this? And if I think it's a rhetorical question or they want me to give them the answer they want, I ask them, hypothetically, I would say, Dirt, do you really want to know the answer to the question that you're asking? I make her confirm that she wants to know the answer to that question. Grandparents, it's the same thing with your kiddos. When they're asking you about their kids, you need to first ask the question, do they really want to know the answer? Grandparents, I want to encourage you, seal thy lips. They're not your kids. They're your grandkids. And when you are asked for advice, you'll know when the right time is to talk. And by the way, there's a good Bible verse with this. Proverbs 17, 27, 28 says this, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent. 
Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Abraham Lincoln once said, it's much wiser to remain silent and to be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. I want to encourage you as grandparents, guard your tongue. Your kids don't always want to hear what you have to say. And by the way, the opposite of that point for those of you that are here with kids, if you really don't if you really do want to hear what your parents have to say, that's when you look your mom in the eyes and you grab both of her arms and go, "Okay, mom, I really want to hear what you have to say and regardless of whether I'll like it or not, I'll hear it." But remember when you give her permission, she's going to give you the information that you didn't want to hear. Right? Seal thy lips. And by the way, if you're a grandparent here today and some of these truths are offensive, I want you to know that I actually took these seven truths from a best-selling book and I pulled two or three of them out and I put two or three in that I thought were good and I don't remember which ones were mine and which ones came from the best-selling book, so please blame the author and not me. (laughs) Truth number two, you may love thy grandchild as thy own, but never forget that he or she is not thy own. You can love your grandkids as your own, but never forget that they're not yours. They belong to somebody else. I like this. Proverbs 17, verse 6. Now, I'm going to read out of the message paraphrase, and I want you to know that the Message Bible is not a translation, but it is a paraphrase. And I just like the way that it says this particular verse. Proverbs 17, 6. I read it a while ago in the NIV. Proverbs 17.6 in the message says, Old people are distinguished by grandkids. Children take pride in their parents. Remember that you may have grandchildren, but that they are not your own. Now, you understand that means they're not your own when it comes to raising them and being in their life 100% of the time, right? But I want to say this in a way that you grandparents understand. You need to remember that they are your own when it comes to protecting your grandbabies. Right? I want you to know I love the Lord and I follow the law on a daily basis, but do not mess with my grandbabies. You may encounter God much sooner than you desire. (laughs) Right? Now, that wasn't a threat. Did it come across that way? Belle, did it seem threatening? It did not. I didn't mean it that way, not as a judge. And for those of you that are listening to the audio recording, there was no threat intended or implied with that last (laughs) statement. Number three, abide by the rules of the new parents. Man, this is a tough one for me. I put this one in there for Bill, okay? So, and let's leave it up there. Abide by the rules of the new parents. Can I tell you, the rules that we had when the kids were growing up are different than the rules today. And here's where I get confused, and I don't need any feedback from you. I just want to tell you Bill's confusion. I'm so confused about whether the newborns you put face down or face up are on their side. And remember, we used to put a lot of stuff in the crib, but now as a judge who handles death and dying, I know that on newborns you put nothing in the crib, right? You see what I'm saying? So the rules that we had back then are not the rules that we had today right? And the rules are changing. And let me tell you one of the big, big game changers in rulemaking for kids today. You know what it is, adults? It's called the internet. Your kids are going to do internet research on their kids, and they they trust Google more than they trust grandma. 
right? Don't they? And, 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 and I'm just telling you, let me tell you about rule changes. A few weeks ago, Jill and I, uh, we were on vacation, and I may or may not have got into some poison ivy. Did you see how I said that kind of like an attorney? I may or may not have. I got into some poison ivy, and I needed to go see the doctor. And at work, we have this new thing called My Doctor on Demand, where you can talk to your doctor on your phone and not even have to go see them. And what's amazing is they're still late for my appointment, right? (laughs) I'm going, really? I had a doctor in court the other day for jury duty, and she wanted to be exempted because she had like 21 cases uh, that afternoon. I said, well, I will exempt you from jury duty if you'll make a commitment to this judge. Could you go back and for once be on time for every one of your appointments? (laughs) Now, probably she'll never vote for me in the future, but... But she's on time. But you see the technology with the doctor on demand. Our kids can take their kids to the doctor without actually going to the doctor anymore in some instances, right? So it's changed, right? Abide by the rules of the new parents. You may not agree with the rules of the new parents, but you have to agree with this. God made them the new parent and not you. And can I just go and just kind of rant here just for a moment? And I'm going to show my age. I was talking with my dad about this yesterday. I'm a little concerned with what I see as a lack of discipline, of kids being disciplined today. This isn't the grandparent speaking. This is the judge speaking. (laughs) So this is going to be a free way for me to throw in what I want to throw in. Do you get that? I'm concerned with the lack of discipline that I see today. When I was a kid going to school, we didn't have metal detectors in schools. We didn't have campus cops in schools. Do you know why? Because in school, when you got in trouble, you got a whipping at school. And when you got home, you got a whooping, right? And if you don't know what a whooping is, you come up to me later, and I'll give you a very vivid and clear explanation of what that is. A whooping is where your daddy takes a belt in his right hand, and he grabs you by your left arm, and he says these very famous words, Son, this is going to hurt you a whole lot more than it's going to hurt me, or vice versa. Anybody ever heard that before? Who's ever heard that before? So here's where I'm going. Let me finish where I'm going. We took discipline out of the hands of educators, in my view. And what did we do? We replaced them with metal detectors in our schools and with campus cops in our schools. Now, I'm not promoting corporal punishment, but you know the Scripture does say this, that if you spare the rod, you spoil the child. And you better hear this judge say this. There's a whole lot of spoiled kids running around Williamson County, Texas, because parents are not holding them accountable. And Charlie's quoted me on this before, but you better hear this. If you don't discipline your kid today and hurt their feelings and their pride just a little bit, I will discipline them someday, and it's going to hurt everybody's pride and feelings. And I want you to know when it gets to my arena, there is no hesitation with discipline because I have to follow the law, right? Now, I went on a little rant. That was free. All right, number... Uh, three, abide by the rules of the new parents. Thank you for helping me out. Some of you are seniors like me. You can't remember what number you're on. Well, this is the one that hurts the most. Accept your role. Accept your role. Now, let's talk about hypothetically if you have a new grandchild. If you are the mother of the daughter that had the grandchild, you're number one and you're up. But if you are the mother of the son who had the grandchild, you're back up. 
I just want you to know the chronology of what's going on. Now, that new mama, we shouldn't be offended that she chooses her mom over you or her dad over you. That's what she knows. But you need to know that we have to have our roles and the roles that we play. And you need to know that you're just a backup. Let, let me give you a good example. We have starting pitchers for the Houston Astros. Some people in here can name all of the starting pitchers, but most people in here can't name the middle relievers. And that's what being a grandparent is. You're a middle reliever. You're not coming in to try to change the game dramatically. You're just trying to come in and and help kick the can down the road a little bit. Does that make sense? You've got to understand your role. You've got to accept your role. I'll give you another example. Charlie is the pastor here at River Rock. On occasion, he asked me to fill in and help out. I'm not the pastor. I don't want to be the pastor. I don't want the responsibility, the pressure, and I don't want to deal with some of y'all's annoying, stupid questions all day long. (laughs) I'm just a backup. But I just have... I said that out loud, didn't I? And if you have any criticism about today's message, we have a website set up for you. (laughs) Who cares at riverrockbiblechurch.com. So I'm just a backup, right? Guys, you need to know as grandparents, you've you've got to abide by your role. You need to know that you're a pinch hitter and you're not the starting player. I'll give you an example. Cammie, our daughter, was a newborn. And we brought her home and my wife's mom spent some time with us and we thought we had it all together going on. Now this is 30 years ago, right? We didn't need her anymore because we got this. And it took about all of one half of a day for us to figure out we were in deep trouble. And my mother, my mother, not my wife's mother, but my mother playing her role very well, I called her at work in fear and panic. Mama, we are dying and drowning and we are killing this kid and we do not know what we're doing. Do you know what my mama did? She dropped everything she had and she came to our house, not to do our job, but to be a good relief. She filled her role. And you need to know that as a grandparent, you have a role. And grandparents, this is where I'm going to get really personal just for a moment. Your role is not to raise your grandchild. Unless through some extraordinary situation you have care, custody, and control of your kids, your job's not to raise your grandkids. You've got to know your place. There's a reason why we're in our 20s and our teens when we have kids because when we get in our 50s and 60s, we can't get up and down like we used to. We can't do it as long as... I mean, it is a combat sport for the young, right? You've got to accept your role. Are you accepting your role? And by the way, can I just say to you young adults with kids, it's not your place to put your, it's, it's not your place to constantly remind your mom and dad of their role. Remind them once and move on. But be kind, right? And as a kid, you need to accept your role too. You need to accept that you are a newborn parent and you don't know what the heck you're doing with those kids and you're on occasion going to need help. You are not an expert. And you need to accept your role that Google is not the right answer for all of the problems that you face. Some of you have more faith in Google than you do in Jesus. Did I just say that one out loud as well too? Number five, grandparents. I like this one. You got to get a life. Right? Now, let me tell you what my life dream is. My life dream, 
by the way, the reason why I'm judge here in Williamson County is because this will be the safest, kindest place in America. And my grandkids are being raised here. And they will have the right to grow up and to become adults. I'm in public office not because I can't do anything else. I'm in public office because I care about my grandbabies. I, I literally fight day in, day in and day out for the values that as a Christian that I believe in are important for our community. But grandparents, you've got to get a life, Right? The best part of being a grandparent is diving into the middle of your kids' lives, grandkids' lives for about 30 minutes or an hour and then diving out. It's, it's a parachute rescue mission on occasion. You dive in, you jump out. The art of the deal is knowing when to jump out, right? you got to get a life. My dream as a grandpa is I want to be around for my grandkids. My grandson came over the other night. It was one of those impromptu moments. He came with mom and sister. And he said, Paul, Paul, do you have a flashlight? I said, I do. He said, could I see your flashlight? I said, you can. He said, I want to walk around in the dark and look with the flashlight. So he got his flashlight and I got my flashlight. And we walked around in the dark. I said, do you want to go into the garage and see what it looks like in the dark without the flashlight? You know what we found in the garage? We found Nana's car in the dark. And then on the way out, and this was just a 30-minute encounter on the way out, he says, Paul, Paul, can I have a flashlight? I said, sure, you can have a flashlight. Do you know why? Because I'm Paul, Paul. And we've only got four or five dozen flashlights probably somewhere <laughs> around our house. Right? But sometimes we've got to walk in the darkness with our grandkids and then get out of their life. But adults, you've got to have your own life, right? Do not change your world for your grandbabies, but dive in where you have an opportunity. I want to go to the school programs. I want to go to the school events. I want to go to soccer games. I want to go to basketball and volleyball or dance or cheer. I want to go, but I need to leave because I have a life. Right? Grandparents, you've got to get a life. All right. Number six, you need to be a spiritual influence in the lives of your grandkids. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. It says, train your children up in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from you. You've got to be a spiritual influence in the lives of your grandkids. There is nothing sweeter for me than to see my grandkids with my mom and dad. And the sweet part is when we get to lunch, and my dad says, we're going to pray. Who's praying? And my grandkids know, so that's going from kid or dad to son to granddaughter to great-grandkid, right? A spiritual influence. Adults, can I tell you one concern I have in today's culture about being a spiritual influence in the life of our grandkids is this. When, when Jill and I and our kids were growing up, our kids were used to seeing our Bible at Jill's spot at the coffee table and at my spot in my office, right? So the kids have always seen Bibles and devotional books. But with the change in technology, I don't carry even a Bible to church anymore because I have it like in 22 different versions on my phone, right? My fear is this. My grandkids aren't seeing me read the Bible. They're seeing me look at my iPhone. And they don't know if I'm looking at Facebook, any email, or responding to a text, or looking at God's Word. One of the things I've been really convicted of as of late 
is my Bible that used to be over on a corner shelf. I've moved it over to a main area because I want my grandkids every time they walk in to see God's Word near me. To be a spiritual influence in the lives of your grandkids. By the way, being a spiritual influence in the lives of your grandkids is teaching them and training them about the Lord. Right? Wouldn't you agree? All right, the last truth I put down today And this one isn't really about being a grandparent, but it's about don't miss the opportunity to influence somebody else's grandkids. Don't miss the opportunity to impact someone else's grandkids. I don't know if we've had the picture come up or not, but there's a wonderful picture of uh, Jerry and Judy Peterson. They are um, here today, I know. They are a young couple that's a part of our church. She's considerably younger than him. And... uh, and much better looking, but they're a young couple that's a part of our church, but they, they, how many grandkids do y'all have in total? Nine grandkids. But you know what's neat to me about Judy and Jerry is not the nine grandkids that they have, but that they're invested and they pour into the children's ministry here at our church, right? There's a wonderful picture actually of them holding hands, I think with pastors, kiddos, walking down a hallway. Maybe you're here today and you're not a grandparent. Maybe you'll never be a grandparent. But the question I would ask for you is this. Have you missed the opportunity to be of some influence into a kid or into a grandkid's lives? One of the things that makes me scratch my head when we get to court often is when I ask people where they're from. By the way, do you know most people in Williamson County nowadays, they're not from Williamson County? Did you know that? They're from somewhere else. And there are a lot of absent grandparents because of long distances. Some do a really good job on investing in their grandkids' lives when they can, and some can't, right? But don't miss that opportunity to be an impact in somebody else's kids' lives or grandkids' lives. Does that make sense? You have an opportunity. They need a spiritual influence in their life. Uh, It's okay to be a surrogate grandparent. Right? So these are seven truths from a lowly judge about what we should do in relation to parenting and in relation to grandparenting. The most vivid memories I have of my grandparents were the days of their funeral. It's just that old movie reel in my mind spinning backwards with the different scenes and the different words and the different things that were said. My grandma Apple had the best sense of humor in the world. In fact, I'm, I've got a better sense of humor than her, but other than, other than me, nobody was close. I mean, she would just banter with me and had such a dry wit and sarcasm, and I just, I just loved to pick on her just, you know, a little at a time. But she always had time to talk to me and to love me. I don't remember my grandma spoiling me. I just remember that she was always available and she always cared. My grandfather, my grandma Gravel. My grandma Gravel could cook better than any woman in America. And it wasn't little quantities, it was always large quantities. And it was good, heart-healthy things like fried stuff and baked stuff. And nobody cared about your cholesterol or, or your high blood pressure. You know, you died of hardened arteries at a young age. 
But those folks are influences in our life. So the question I have for you before I pray, and we call this day a day, as a grandparent, are you being a good influence in your grandkids' lives? What could you do better? And as a kid or a grandkid, are you doing better in your time with your grandparents? Our families are all weird families. And some of you here may even have five or six grandparents. And then there are some here who have none. Are you honoring God in your family, no matter how weird that family is? Let's pray. God, I thank You for today. And I thank You for my crazy family. Lord, I pray today that as we think about our role of grandparenting and what role we play in that, Lord, I pray that You would give us wisdom on how we could do it better. And Lord, there are some here even today who are heartbroken because of a grandparent they've lost or a grandchild that they've lost. And God, I pray today that You would be a refuge, a comfort, and a strength in their lives. God, there are some here about to be new grandparents, some here who are wondering if they'll ever be a grandparent. And Lord, it's my prayer that You would bless them for their patience, their kindness, and their waiting. And Lord, I thank You for the grandkids You put in our lives. Help us always to be a spiritual influence and impact for them. For it's in the blessed, wonderful, and powerful name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen.